Hey everybody, it's Andy. I'm actually with Caleb, aka Mommy, pro gamer, and we're located at Thunder Gaming right now, where SoCal Esports is putting on a Call of Duty event. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. You know, it's very much my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. I know that you brought a couple friends along, and you know we're very lucky to have you guys out here. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I really appreciate it because you know, obviously, you've listened to the Coin Boys podcast and. You know, obviously, I'm a gamer. I work in the gaming space. Uh, I've had certain jobs in the space, and I'm a big fan and supporter of gaming uh, events. And I think I've talked a lot. I went to E3. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to a lot of developers at E3. I did interview Engine Coin uh, and Sliver, but uh, I'd always like to get the gamer's perspective. But before we jump into all that, give us a little bit of history about your involvement in esports, how it all started for you, and where you're at right now. Okay, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, it all started when I was a wee lad. Uh, my uncle used to bring over some of his college friends, and we used to play Super Smash Brothers. And uh, that was basically what got me into the whole gaming sphere. Then uh, as I grew up, I stuck to video games, just playing little things here and there. Um, then I noticed that I was able to start winning things like um, what used to be old Microsoft points from these local Call of Duty tournaments. And uh, then I realized I really needed to step up my game. So from there on out, I started competing, and I just loved every minute of it. And I've been grinding ever since then. It's been, you know, almost a full decade since I've started competing in uh, esports. Since even beforehand, when it wasn't considered esports, and we were just all video game players, just trying to make anything happen with our lives. Um, but that's what basically got me into it was just the competition and knowing that there was always somebody out there that wanted to be better than me but knowing that I was always trying to be better than them as well. For me, it's a little different. Um, I just never had the it factor. So first-person shooters, I love and I played, but I would just never be able to like be the best. I was always like the mediocre guy. But it's like I feel like there, it's like sports. There's definitely people that play video games that have that it. You always had that friend that's like, damn, he's so good at that. He's, I can't beat him in Smash. I can never touch him. So you kind of feel like you had that. So what... What actually like made you be able to say, hey, I'm a pro gamer now, or I'm actually competing? Like, How did you get to that point? Um, I think I first realized it when I started traveling to events. I didn't really consider myself a pro until you placed top eight in Call of Duty. But uh, when I started going to events, then that's when I realized that you know I had the potential to actually do something with gaming, and I noticed that I wanted to somewhat make a career out of it. So at first, I was a... Uh, competitor, but now you know, I host local lands. I compete in several other games other than Call of Duty, and uh, it went from something that I did for enjoyment to something that I really wanted to do for a career. Nice. Yeah. So okay. So let's talk about your career. Um, I know that now H1Z1 is a big deal for you, right? That's kind of like is, but but I want to get into that because you mentioned off how it's not. You know, there's games like Fortnite that are holding back other games from being successful in the space. So first, tell me uh, about H1Z1. A lot of people might not know about it, and I think it'd be cool for the audience to, to learn about it a little bit. Uh, H1Z1 is essentially just another battle royale game. If the audience is familiar with Fortnite, then it's uh, like Fortnite besides the building aspect, and it's not as cartoony. So it's more of like a real-life uh, game, I guess you could say. Uh, two taps to the head is usually what it takes to get somebody out of the game. There's no reviving, so once you go down and you're playing with your teammates, you're down for good. And uh, it's a very rewarding game. 
Uh, I don't get the same type of feeling when knowing that I got picked up a couple times by my teammates or knowing that I didn't do the most that I could have. Um, other than that, H1Z1 is kind of not in the best state right now. Uh, we're going through a lot of changes, a lot of people finding other Battle Royale games that they are enjoying more, and it could also lead to different things in our own space. So hopefully people go and venture onto other games and realize that they had been missing something when they went to venture onto these other games and they come back home. But until then, I still have a lot of faith in H1Z1. Um, that's why I'm riding it out. I love the game personally, and when we're playing video games, it all comes down to that preference. So whatever you prefer is what you should be playing, no matter what you want to do in the future, what you want to do right now, as far as career goes, as long as you're having fun and you're making those memories, I believe you should be playing those games. That's great, and I, I actually played a little H1Z1, not, not as much as I probably should, or at least try to play it a little bit more. You know, the whole, what's interesting about Battle Royale for me is that I actually got more into Battle Royale because I was looking at PUBG and H1Z1, I'm like, this looks just like DayZ, and I played a shit ton of DayZ, and I'm like, I feel like this is DayZ, but for someone that comes from that perspective, I don't think people who play DayZ realize that the whole PUBG like, world looks and feels like that without zombies, right? What do you think of that? Uh, definitely, these aren't the first Battle Royale games, and people are getting the misconception that, you know, PUBG was first, or H1Z1 was first. I believe the first one, there was actually something before Arma 3, but Arma 3 was, like, the first Battle Royale to actually do something and, like, have a stable. I never played it myself, but um, this is what I've heard. There was something before Arma 3, so I'm going to give credit to that, but a lot of people think that these Battle Royale games are just coming through and they're here for their little... Uh, five seconds of fame but that's not the case for a lot of them they have very consistent and concurrent player bases and there is a game out there for everybody as far as battle royale terms goes yeah like and we've talked uh, uh realm royale which is also and and if you look at it it looks like a carbon copy of fortnite but that's not so much true because the mechanics in realm are so different from there's no building it's class selection it's everyone has a different power you forge weapons instead of you know, just finding them and, and getting better sites and so forth and so on. But I guess, where do you see, before we move on to crypto, because I definitely wanted to dig into more gaming side of things, where do you see, there, there's this like infancy kind of thing going on in gaming? It's like, it's like I don't want to say a shit show, but it's just like a mess. There's, there's, or, there's Blizzard doing their own, the Owl League, and then, you know, there's all kinds of things. How do you see this progress? Is this progressing positively, or do you think there might be uh, an issue in the future for esports, or do you think it will all meet in the right way? Uh, that's a very good question, and uh, I believe we talked about it earlier, how close esports and the crypto sphere are kind of uh, very closely related. Um, I believe, just like crypto, uh, esports blew up very quickly in a very short amount of time. And I think we kind of bit off more than we could chew. So right now in esports, even though we're building up and we're building better and we're doing a lot of better things, we're also experiencing drawbacks in players, drawbacks in management, and drawbacks in how everything is being hosted to where people aren't being happy with the end results and being happy with the actual tournaments or leagues or whatever they may have itself. I, I'm s and I don't want to get anyone uh, uh, mis mislead anyone. I'm totally like pro this whole thing. Like I just want to see everything kind of lead the right direction. Like this is new sports, right? And it's like there's so many different organizations trying to do all these things. But it's like I, I just I actually think 
in America right now, it's like 2016 to 2018 today, it's exploding. And I mean, what do you think of the explosion of gaming, casual and esports? What it's it's I think it's insane. Me personally, I've always loved gaming just for the simple fact that it keeps people out of trouble. It keeps people inside, indoors, in their homes where they're safe. This world that we live in nowadays isn't like what we used to live in. So, you know, if your parents are worrying about where you are, I think it's a lot better to just be playing video games indoors and your parents know that you're in your room nerding out instead of out getting into trouble in the streets, maybe going to jail, doing, doing bad things that you shouldn't be doing. So I think that video games lead for a positive outpost for a lot of people, and I think it leads a lot of gamers to where they should be as far as communities go, and they meet a lot of nice people. Yeah, and that's one thing I could uh, definitely agree with. The community in gaming is awesome. I've met so many different people from vast parts of this industry, whether it's journalism to pro gamers to developers to owners. Uh, there's just this like camaraderie because we're all gamers. So it's like we got this like we all played Super Mario. You know, even a non-gamer played Super Mario, right? So. So leading out of, thanks for sharing all that stuff with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to, as the Coin Boys podcast, we're going to keep track of your career as you keep going. And um, one thing I wanted to talk to you is about crypto. Because I kind of, I think we discovered each other on Twitter. Uh, you were interested in the fact that we were, I was like kind of like a crypto gamer. I'm both, I support, if you look at my tweets, it's either gaming tweets or crypto tweets. One or the other, sometimes nerd movies and stuff. But uh, let's talk about that. Let's generally, I just want to hear, how did you hear the words Bitcoin, crypto? Where did it all start for you? Uh, it all started for me. I was just chilling in a Skype call with some of my gamer friends. And we were nerding out, playing video games one night. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on a podcast, but we were, we wanted to gamble. And we were under the age at the time. And... Um, we just tried to think of a way to do it. And then one of our buddies had put us onto Bitcoin at the time, which I, I couldn't tell you what the price was, but we had bought whatever our PayPal's had. We transferred it into Bitcoin and then we started gambling from there and um, logged out, didn't really touch Bitcoin for a while, got over my gambling little scene, turned 18, was able to do it on my own. And uh, <laughs> I logged back into one of my old wallets and boom, I, I was, I was very happy. Needless to say, I was very happy. So I, I realized at that moment that crypto had brought me something that nothing else in my life has. And crypto literally changed my life that day. And I knew that I, it needed to be a bigger part of my life. So let me ask you, so great story. And you don't have to worry because our co-host Daniel discovered Bitcoin the same way. He also gambled. He also discovered it through, like he, he realized he wants to gamble, but he doesn't want to use like his bank account but this site's accepting this new thing called Bitcoin. So you guys have, and you're not, the, this is really interesting. I discovered it on Reddit, but I've run into tons of people who discovered it through gambling. So gambling is by, by a lot of, I mean, you could say has brought a lot of people to Bitcoin because in the early days, it was used as a utility on gambling sites and it still is today. So I actually think it's kind of cool. I'm not a big gambler, but um, I think just generally from doing the podcast and meeting people, a good percentage are coming from gambling. And, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put that down. Um, but I, I, I do want to ask you, uh, so how did you, so you said it changed your life. So how does, how does crypto involve your everyday life? Are you into like reading the news? Uh, do you follow the coin market cap like everyone else? Tell me what, what it's like for you. 
Uh, definitely. As of lately in the bear market, though, I haven't been really doing my research as much as I used to. I got into day trading a little bit. I became a little trader. I'm still getting into it. You know, I, I never stopped learning about crypto. I think that was one of the best things about crypto. Every day I learn something new. I have my YouTubers that I'm subscribed to that aren't posting any videos because we're in a bear market and apparently they don't like to post videos. But it's funny that you mentioned um, about the whole gambling crossover is I noticed that a lot of uh, poker players actually are into the whole crypto space. And one of my favorite YouTubers is actually Doug Polk Crypto and he came from poker. So um, yeah, I, I watch all of his videos. I, Other than that, not too many YouTubers that I keep up with, Crypto Daily, um, Crypto Jedi, listen to your guys' podcasts. That's how crypto's been playing in my life as of lately. Of course, I check CoinMarketCap every day. Uh, check my portfolio whenever I'm feeling confident that I could uh, maybe see red and feel good throughout the day. And uh, if I see green, it's all good. That's awesome. Uh, so I think you know, I think if anyone listens to the podcast, so Daniel, my co-host, he's more of a, the trader. I'm, I'm invested, but I don't talk about it much. Um, but I, I'm about ad adoption and, and growth and, and so forth. So I do notice that too. When I before the podcast, I would I've been around Bitcoin for twenty since twenty twelve. So I've seen like when there was no social media about it, when there was maybe an article or two every month or two, and it was either Bitcoin's doomed or Bitcoin's alive. But Reddit was a place where the red Bitcoin Reddit was beautiful in those days. People were talking about technology, people were talking about growth, and no one cared about price. But I always tell people it's like there's so many great content creators. I'm going to shout out some Satoshi droppers like BitBoy and Hold. Hold, I recommend. He's great on YouTube. Uh, uh, Crypto Breakfast is funny. But if you want like an everyday news, BitBoy, who you've probably heard on the show, he's news, news, news. And he gives some very good point of views and good insight. Um, but I think that that's also a scary place is who are you listening to in the content world in crypto? And that's what I want like... How do you, let me ask you this, just from someone outside that's not a content creator in crypto, how do you decide what, what, what qualities make you feel like, I trust this crypto content creator, I like what they're talking about? What, what are those qualities in, when you're following that? Um, I think that is, it might be a misconception. I don't trust anybody. I do my own research and they, can, they may give me the idea, they may say, hey, hey, look into this, hey, I think this, hey, I think that, but it's all about forming your own opinion especially in crypto, especially in any investment. But um, doing the research yourself is what it all basically comes down to. If I don't trust them, then I'm obviously I, I can't trust them. But other than that, I'm looking it up myself. So, see, that makes me happy. You, you probably you can't see me, but I was smiling when he said that because that makes me happy. It's like instead of listening to that, what that person just told you to buy, you take the advice and you look at it and research it. That is, that is the correct way to go. Um, where do you see now that we've kind of established your crypto love of crypto? Because I love I've, I've kind of I've always loved gaming. Now I love both these things equally. So where do you see the future of crypto going? Do you really think that it can actually be a universal currency that we will see uh, in the future as an everyday thing? Oh, definitely. I'm a firm believer in the blockchain. Uh, what, like I had said previously, in the bear market, it seems like all these content creators aren't producing as much content, and I believe that is also what leads to a bear market. So I don't think that we're leading the crypto space to where we properly could as far as content creation goes, and I think we could properly work on that to pre still, even if it is a bear market, be producing content to even just get people on board of the crypto train, you know, 
influence them on the blockchain. Do anything that you possibly can to get the crypto word out, but just don't go dead during a bear market because that can cost us. And that is what slows down the momentum of crypto. And then that's when we see downtrends. Yeah, so I could tell you know your crypto. That's good. Um, I I will tell you this. When we're in a bear market, market the Coinboys podcast is putting out content. And we're researching. We're doing stuff. Just because the market is low or just because the prices are fluctuating doesn't mean that adoption isn't happening. Doesn't mean that there's new companies looking into blockchain. That That is like one of the things I preach the most and everyone in, you know, shout out to Satoshi droppers. I'm like the voice of reason in that group. When I see one person talking about something, I meet, they're like, oh, here comes Andy uh, with his voice of reason, you know? So, so uh, I, I'm just excited personally. I, and I, I don't want people to get things wrong because, you know, I obviously care about the price, you know, we all do, but there's more than that, you know? And let me, let me just finally, one more question. What do you think about the crypto gaming connection where, there's so many, there's actually a lot of cryptocurrency um, like coins and, and, and pro protocols and blockchains. What do you think of all that? I think as long as they all have their uses and they stick to their uses, they could be very beneficial for the gaming world. I think the blockchain is beneficial in general uh, towards our world. But if they stick to real world uses and can actually land those and commit to those like a lot of these other companies aren't able to, I believe that gaming and crypto can very, very much so be a successful duo. I like that, like a duo. I, I definitely agree with that. I, I've already noticed that, and it's from the podcast that I started podcasting and talking about gaming, and then I started seeing like these gaming crypto twitters and like gaming people from that are are, and th I just think there's a lot of connection. And the biggest thing is microtransactions in gaming. Um, can go hand in hand. Like, think about Fortnite right now with V Bucks, right? They could easily turn that into a crypto and make their own blockchain if they wanted to. But I look, I'm not gonna push things forward. But anyway, um, I'm not gonna hold you up m much more because I know you're you're actually got this event going on. You're helping run it and everything. So I do not want to take more time. But I want you to before you go, can you tell us a little bit about this event today? And then can you shout out your handles? How can we find you, mommy? I love all these questions. Well, uh, I'm Mommy. Uh, my real name is Caleb. Uh, I love crypto. I love gaming. I help run things at SoCal Esports. We're located in Long Beach, California at Thunder Gaming Studios. A beautiful, beautiful day outside. Kind of hot, but we're still loving it out here in California. Uh, my Twitter handles are at Mommy, M-O-M-M-Y-Y, and then an underscore. Uh, one more time is at M-O-M-M-Y-Y underscore. Uh, Twitter is my main thing. Might get back into YouTube if I have some free time. But other than that, Twitter is where you should reach me the most. That's awesome. I I mean, you know me. I'm, we're all over the crypto Twitter. I was talking to him outside. He, I was actually really happy to hear that he actually knows a lot of uh, or seen a lot of the Satoshi Droppers, which is the group that I'm in on Twitter. And we're kind of it's good to hear that we're making some relevance in that space. Right. Um, finally, last question. I'm sure everyone wants to know why you're called mommy. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind of a long story. I'll try to make it short as possible. I brought, uh, like I had said earlier, I brought up the point of the Microsoft point cards they used to give away during the tournaments. Um, so I was winning these tournaments and Mother's Day had come around and I didn't really have any money in my pockets because I was so young back in the day. And I had a whole bunch of Microsoft points stacked up onto my account because I had won them from these tournaments. So Mother's Day rolled around and I didn't have my cash to give my mother a gift. So she knew how much gaming had meant to me and how big it had already controlled my life previously. 
and I changed my current, uh, the, my name in game to I Love My Mommy Too for Mother's Day. And then I had went to a tournament under that alias, and I had ended up winning that tournament. And the whole day, people were just like, hey, mommy, hey, mommy, hey, mommy. And it just, after that, I went back, and they just kept saying it, and it stuck after that. And now I just use it as a, a, as a dedication to my mother whenever I game. Uh, you know, she's been a really strong temple in my life, so I do it for her. I do it for the rest of my family and the people that support me as well. See, that's a great story. I always like hearing uh, how you got your game, you know, your 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 tag or whatever you want to call it these days, gamer tag, whatever. Uh, that's awesome, mommy. I, dude, thanks so much for for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna follow your career. We're gonna get you on again. I want to come to more events. Uh, uh, shout out. Do you want to give a little shout out to the crypto world? Well, I'm not too deep in the crypto space other than you guys, but definitely shout out to Brecky for the blockchain and Morty. I love it so much. I can't compliment him enough on that. Um, everybody in the crypto sphere that I see on Twitter, all the Satoshi droppers, much love to you guys and much love to the coin boys for having me on. I very much appreciate it. And I love your guys' podcast. Watch it all the time. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate it. We'll, we'll see you soon. Cool.